Okay, well, welcome into the uh, latest in our Edge Kingsland Lockdown podcast, and we are continuing to talk about holiness with a W, of course. And uh, and if you've been following along at all, you'll know that we uh, we started really grounding this whole conversation in notions of identity, uh, of what it means to be human as those in the image of God, this idea of sacredness and gift. Uh, and then we've been moving through this conversation, navigating life in a busy world, uh, navigating stress, um, and then and then heading toward embodiment and started to talk about what it is to be embodied creatures and how we can somehow find uh, more connectedness with our own sense of, uh, of embodiment, a sense of integration both with ourselves and with the wider world we inhabit. So then we moved into conversations about sustainability and our connection to the environment and to creation itself and how we might think about the nature of those relationships and cultivate more healthy and sustainable ways of being in the world. And what we're wanting to do in these next couple of uh, chats as we continue reflecting on the sense of human wholeness that we're trying to explore here is we want to talk about a couple of ideas, manakitanga and generosity. And these are ideas that are connected to each other, um, uh, but really capture this idea, I suppose, quite loosely translated, manakitanga is, is something along the lines of hospitality. But I think there's, there's, there's a rich meaning in this word that we're going to explore today. So we're going to focus on uh, manakitanga today, and then in the next, uh, next week we'll be talking about generosity. Uh, and so to help me with this conversation on this fine uh, lockdown week in Auckland, we have Clint Gibson. Hello, Clint. Kia ora. How are you going? How are you going over there? Um, what was it? How many kilometres are you from me? About 10 or 15? Um, yeah, yeah. But it may as well be uh, the other side of the world at the moment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, it could well be. Mm. So uh, well, I'm doing fine. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that's good. Good news. We're, we're talking about Manakitanga. And um, so I want to start our conversation with a sense of how you understand that term uh, and how your understanding of that has perhaps helped you to make sense of or to shape your way of living and being in the world. So why don't you start us off with that and then we'll see where we go. Yeah, well, um, as you said, I think Manakitanga had been traditionally um, been translated um, to mean hospitality, um, you know, looking, looking after people um, from, from in that context. But when I was... Um, started learning te reo and on my te reo journey, um, I was in a, a session where this word was unpacked a little bit more and it really um, caught my attention uh, based on its meaning. Um, and I think it's a lot richer and a lot deeper than um, mere hospitality, you know, you know, making sure people feel comfortable and giving people a cup of tea and making sure they're fed and looked after. Um, and the two uh, root words of the word is um, mana, mana and aki. And I guess many perhaps would be familiar with the word uh, mana, but it's quite, um, it has quite a large concept attached to it in itself, um, but generally means uh, prestige uh, or status, authority. Uh, but it also refers to an energy and an essence that we all have within us. Uh, Māori believe that um, this energy um, is enduring, um, instructable power of Atua that we all inherit at birth, which is quite beautiful um, and quite quite uh, uh, grounding in, in many ways. It gives us a sense of identity and, and purpose, I guess. Um, and 
there's the idea of, of mana is that um, as we undertake our lives, um, depending on what we do um, and the actions we take, there's this, there's ma this maintenance of mana. Um, and it is something that we can increase and decrease, enhance um, or, or detract based on how we live our lives and what we do or choose to do. So that's a very brief overview of my understanding of what I've learnt uh, from the term uh, mana. And the second word, um, aki, means to, to place upon, or um, it's actually it's slightly more powerful than that. Um, you know, it's uh, around cra about crashing against or, or to beat or to pound. Um, it also um, re is referred to uh, encouraging and exhorting and um, that kind of thing. So um, those two together um, are represented in, in a visual sense, um, uh, as I was taught or, or, or told around this interplay uh, between the waves um, pounding the shore mm. uh, and so as the repetitive flow of the mana of the waves um, leaves this this impression or this mark on the shore which I think is actually quite beautiful and mm. I love the way uh, a lot of uh, Tereo has this visual um, context to it um, which I think is really um, quite powerful and quite helpful and so yeah there's this um, the the interaction of the waves pounding the shore and the impression that the mana of the waves um, leaves <clears throat> on the shore mm. and in the same way um, there is this duty of care that when we share our inner presence and we share our personal mana with others um, there, there's an exchange or this interaction that happens it's a very um, it's a, a duty of care that's relational in nature and um, the relationship obviously can be from one individual to another. Um, but I think it, from a, a creation perspective, I think it's also within created species um, and across different created species, uh, within communities of people and between communities of people and then um, between community and creation. So it's kind of this broad idea and this broad concept that... Um, articulates this duty of care and this uh, this um, affirming of uh, of people and species and creation uh, encapsulated by Manakitanga. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, that, that idea of kind of duty of care that we have within these reciprocal relationships, really, between, between us and others in our communities as well as between mm -hmm. us and uh, other aspects of this creation we are a part of and inhabit you know th in some respects this has been a, a a thread woven through some of the conversations we've been having so far um and you know even when we're talking about what it means to be human in the imago day the image of god we're talking about uh, relationship with god but also relationship with self relationship with others and relationship with all of creation and that it's this idea of harmony or what the the jewish um text calls shalom right uh, mm. that that is so central to our understanding of what humanness is. And so as you're talking about Manakitanga, it's making me think about all of those kind of theological ideas that also sit within the the, the grounds or, or the best of the Christian tradition, I think, um, and invite us to not just see those relationships or to acknowledge them, but to then take up, as you say, this duty of care toward those 
relationships and recognizing the way in which uh, we are a part of unavoidably embedded within those those systems and connections and 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 that we have some kind of responsibility and call to be a to be a part of that relationship that's i think a really um, beautiful and also challenging idea um, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about um, one of the stories of, of Jesus that that in some way, and there are lots of stories of Jesus we could probably pick on to to talk about this kind of interconnectedness and, and reciprocity and, and manakitanga. Uh, but we want to talk um, today a little bit about the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. And it's a, it's a funny little story. As someone who's um, height challenged, I appreciate this story. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to read the story and then we're going to have a little conversation about it. Uh, I'll read it from the message version. At the start of Luke chapter 19, it says, Then Jesus entered and walked through Jericho, and there was a man there, his name Zacchaeus, the head tax man, and quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man, and he couldn't see over the crowd. Uh, um, reminds me of being at a cold place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he ran on ahead and he climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. A little presumptuous, <laughs> but, uh, but, but we'll pick up on that later. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there, a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I'll give away half my income to the poor. And if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. And Jesus said, today is salvation day in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham. For the son of man came to find and restore the lost. Uh, a beautiful, curious, interesting, challenging story. So um, mm. how? Let, let's start with you and, and how you see Manakitanga present in this story of, of Jesus and this interaction with Zacchaeus. And then we can uh, bounce off that. Mm. Yeah, I think the story is a great example of of how Jesus continuously demonstrates um, manakitanga throughout his life. Um, and when this story, particularly, I think there's this juxtaposition between um, a man who is quite physically short, as <laughs> you've alluded to, and has been described in the story, um, to his uh, his position in society. Um, he was obviously the, the chief tax collector in town, um, quite wealthy. Um, so I guess a one, and one on the one hand, he had a, um, a high level of mana from a Roman empire perspective, um, considered a man of authority, a man of position, but also um, from the Jewish um, community's perspective, he was also uh, a crook and a sellout and a, mm. and a, and a um, dishonest person, which they would then, you know, trend, which translates to perhaps someone of, of a low um, mana and respect. And so there's this, this person who represents um, two aspects um, uh, of life um, in, within his community. So, yeah, um, which, you know, as a starting point, is quite interesting in itself. Mm. And then as we, the story um, plays, there's this um, this interchange of um, of of manner between Jesus 
and and Zacchaeus, and uh, and I think the the beauty of the story is that Jesus, um, the way he he greets and embraces um, Zacchaeus, um, really bestows um, mana upon him and upon who he is, um, despite what what his community thinks about it, and um, him. Sorry, and I love at the end uh, where it says. Um, you know, Jesus um, affirms him as the son of Abraham mm. and basically, you know, saying that he's as good as Abraham, which is probably from a Jewish perspective, one of the, the best and most affirming um, and, um, yeah, things you could say, mm. I would imagine, uh, to, to someone in that era. So, um, again, just a, a wonderful example of um, an expression of manakitanga. Um, that wasn't needed necessarily, I guess, um, but Jesus, you know, just out of who he was, demonstrated this beautiful act of, of, of Manakhtan. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think about how in, um, in first century Jewish culture to eat at someone's home was uh, not something actually taken lightly, you know. It was, um, mm. it was an act in itself. You would only eat at, at home, at someone's home if you if you accepted them, if, um, if you were happy to embrace them. And so even in that act of, uh, and perhaps Zacchaeus, knowing kind of who he was and how he was seen by his fellow, especially fellow Jewish people uh, in, the, in, in that time and, and place, given his occupation, he may ne never have invited Jesus to dinner. Uh, and so Jesus um, invites himself to dinner. And actually, mm. ironically, um, in inviting himself to dinner, that itself is an act of this manakitanga, and it, it is an act of of what we might call hospitality, but in a in a deeper, richer sense than than just sort of, yeah, going for drinksies. Um, so, yeah, there's something kind of yeah, like you say, affirming about this. And then I love the way that, as as the sense of of affirmation, not just the own, there's there's kind of physical stuff involved. There is food and drink and meal and, and home involved in this story, but there's also this deeper sense of of affirmation that you're talking about. And for Zacchaeus, that leads to um, a transformation of his own actions as well. And mm. and so he he changes the way he thinks about and his his job itself, his occupation. He he starts to look at the way he makes money and starts to put, make actions and, and make declarations about the things he's going to put right and how he's going to make restitution and um, and so we see this kind of flow that as his as you put it as his mana is kind of affirmed and enhanced by by this visitation of Christ to his home uh, that actually transforms his behavior uh, you know I'm reminded again uh, of that of that text that says it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance, you know, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and it's so counterintuitive in many respects, because we think really what we should do is, um, I was going to say cut him down to size, but he already was kind of cut down to size, but, uh, <laughs> literally, but, uh, metaphorically speaking, you know, we should, what we should really yeah. do is, is sort of cut the feet out from under Zacchaeus and say, you're a, you know, you're a terrible, terrible person. And somehow Jesus finds a way to, uh, to affirm him, but not in a way that, um, doesn't then cause him to confront and change his own behavior and action in the world and to start thinking about his duty of care beyond himself to, to mm. those around him that he's in interaction with. I think it's, and, you know, Jesus says at the end of that, today 
salvation has, one translation says, today salvation has come to this house. And, um, and I love that because it's such a deep, rich way of thinking about salvation rather than, uh, and then Jesus led Zacchaeus in a short prayer of <laughs> repentance. He gave his heart to, to God uh, and now he'll you know go to heaven one day. Uh, when he dies, which is awesome. Uh, no, it's it's kind of this. No, it's the 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 interaction between the two, the experience mm. of warmth and interchange and affirmation and challenge and a change in behavior and a and a and a bringing of justice and a putting of things right. And then Jesus sees all of that and says, "Oh, today salvation has come to this house." And I and I think that's such a beautiful invitation into this big, deep, rich, broad way of thinking about what we even mean mm. when we talk about salvation. And in a very public setting. Yeah, too. yeah. You know, it wasn't, you know, and I think that is, so the, the transformation it wasn't just between uh, Jesus and Zacchaeus, but all those in the crowd who were watching on. Mm. Uh, and the opportunity for that transaction or that relationship to transform the way other people saw Zacchaeus, mm. um, Zacchaeus and how they saw Jesus as well. Um, yeah. And I think just going back to the definition of Manakatanga, I think that, you know, it re, you know, again, represents the transformative nature of Manakatanga, you know, the mm. waves, you know, uh, crashing on the shore and transforming it and molding it. Mm. Um, this interaction, as you say, with um, between Jesus and Zacchaeus was transformative and it, um, it changed who Zacchaeus was, changed his value system and how he was going to behave. Which, mm. um, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, and so as you, um, well, I don't know, as you think about the story, how do you, how do you think about that for yourself? What's the, what's the, how does that bring this idea home for you personally in, in your interaction with the story? How do you see yourself in there? Well, it's incredibly challenging <laughs> uh, for a start. I mean, it, you know, Manakatanga is, you know, it's really the gospel message, mm. you know, from my perspective. It's really the heart of God, um, the heart of our Christian faith. Um, and so I think that the story is just a great reminder of what it, uh, what we aspire to uh, in our journey of faith. Um, and wanting to be uh, like Jesus, uh, this is this story is represents that in mm. in many ways. I see myself probably in kind of all three three characters or three groupings in the story. I think sometimes I find Manakitanga very easy. You know, it's always easy giving, um, being accommodating and duty of care to those that we like and connect with quite easily mm. very challenging uh doing it with people that uh we find difficult to do life with obviously mm -hmm. um and so yeah i think it's it's a continual journey but it's an inspiring one i find it inspiring um and so i have my good moments and my uh embarrassing and shameful moments i guess you could say <laughs> um to learn from but yeah i guess i see myself in Zacchaeus sometimes, someone that is, you know, sometimes on the outer or excluded, um, you know, doesn't necessarily feel like, like they fit in. 
mm. I guess. Um, but, you know, at times I feel um, like, and I did fight with Jesus and, and the care and um, that I can bring to other people and how that can transform people in good and positive ways. Um, but I can also see myself in the crowd, you know, and trample on people's dignity mm. um, and status by seeing them from the outside and judging them from from what they look like and their behavior. So I think I can see myself in all those three, um, from all those three positions. Uh, uh, yeah, which is both affirming and challenging. Yeah. Um, which yeah. I guess is perhaps the point of the story. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes we can be all of those things at once, can't we? Um, mm, we, can, yeah. we can find ourselves in the same moment or even on the same day um, being the the givers of manakitanga being the withholders of manakitanga um mm. being the recipients of it and um and of needing that challenge and that and that affirmation consistently mm. uh, i think um those two kind of go hand in hand for me at least of um needing to hear actually those affirming words from christ and also that kind of affirmation from others, you know, we do, we do need, we, we live off that, I think that, and not just mm -hmm. affirmation in kind of a weak sense, but, but, you know, in the way we're talking about here, Manakitanga affirmation that kind of takes, it, it happens in, in, in concrete, real ways, not just mm. um, a pat on the shoulder and a, you'll be right kind of thing, but actually, a, you know, an invitation into, like you say, an enhancing of, of mana and a, and a kind of an invitation into our lives in some respects and a, and a, sharing of life with one another and embracing that interconnectedness mm. and that duty of care that we have for each other. Um, and so um, it's good to be reminded that we actually do need that. I think um, lockdown probably is a, is a reminder to us of how much that matters to us, how much being folded within connections and communities and relationships where people care about us, you know, how, how much of how much value that is, I think for us in our in our lives and um i know i miss it you know i miss getting a good hug from people and uh, sitting down over a coffee and being able to share stories and lives and um being able to look you know into people's real eyes not just their 2d um screen eyes uh, mm. i miss those aspects of of life as we're in lockdown and that encourage that, that encourages me and also challenges me to say well okay um how do i be a contributor to that for for those around me and like you say maybe not just those who it comes really naturally to me for mm. but also those yeah. who it's harder to do um yes and you know we've talked about i think in the last 80 months i know it was one of the images you had uh, last year for edge as a community was to think about this idea of an open table um as an image for what a church community could be and there's something I think about that connected to this idea of manaki tanga. Uh, do you think? I just that that thought just came to me. Yeah, that's a the the image of an open table um, is a is a beautiful image, challenging image, mm. uh, and even ties into that the story of um, Zacchaeus mm. as well. Um, I think the. Jesus was an example of manakitanga, but we uh, need to be the embodiment of it. Um, 
with Jesus no longer here amongst us, we have now the, we are the res responsible um, people to outlive um, what Jesus demonstrated, and so um, that is, I think, the open table is a is a great way or great metaphor of mm. of what that can look like, um, because it doesn't need to be overly complicated. <laughs> it can actually be quite simple. Uh, but the, the spirit behind it is transformation mm. in positive ways and life-affirming ways. And um, I think it's a, a beautiful uh, uh, thing for us as a church community, um, for us as individuals and all the, all the places we work and socialise and have fun and to, to live by and to live out. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting thinking about even what kind of set the what set the church apart in the first cent, first couple of centuries of its life. Um, in many respects, was the practices of of manakitanga. You know, it was um, it was the way in which you know there were people within the very stratified status system of Roman Empire who had very low mana just by virtue of the fact that they were a slave or a woman or a child or uh, someone who worked in what were deemed sort of lower class uh, occupations or practical and, and so on. Um, and, and in the practices of the early church, it was this, it was this open table, if you like, it was, it was the opening up of space in community for all of those different people to come and participate as equals and as equally affirmed and, and welcomed and embraced. That was so controversial at the, you know, in yeah. the early years of the church's history. Uh, and I think <laughs> I was thinking about in light of our embodiment chat a, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, um, about that metaphor of the body of Christ in in Scripture, and just as you were talking, thinking about how the body of Christ has become such a lovely concept, but the very language of like the body of Christ is that this is about embodied, like being the actual embodiment of the kinds of things that Jesus was saying and doing and talking about uh, and and inviting us and challenging us toward. And so rather than the body of Christ being like a, oh, that's such a lovely idea or metaphor for the church, it's like we actually have to, in some respects, take it a little more literally <laughs> than that. And so no, we are literally, you know, we're talking about embodiment here. This only really makes sense in the embodied practices of our lives. Rather than yeah. as a kind of a theoretical system of 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 belief, um, so you know it is yeah, no, it's challenging. Yeah, and I think there's a verse in um, John that I think you know reflects what you were just saying, uh, and it um, it was talking about worship. And I think Manakitanga is you know does define I guess what worship, true worship can look like or, or perhaps should look like. Um, and in John 4, at the end of this, this passage on worship, it says, those who worship him, God, uh, must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves and adoration. And I think, yeah, what you were saying, it's it's more than just a, an idea. Um, it, it requires um, a, a sense of action and behavior. Um, in order for things to be changed and transformed. Uh, and I think, yeah, it has the, the power or the ability to shape um, our attitudes on race and social standing, our finances, how we treat creation, 
um, in the natural world, um, how we educate our children, um, our, how we view ethnicity um, and diversity, all these things um, I think are shaped or can be shaped um, by this um, idea of manakitanga, mm. but only out of a sense of action, of <laughs> how we behave and how mm. we interact. If, if, if we don't put action to the idea, then it means nothing. Um, uh, it's what Jesus did that defined him mm. as much as what he said. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a real challenge. Mm. Every day for, for, for us um, as a community of faith, for me as a, as a person of faith, um, to, to define what that looks like mm. in ways that is honouring to the testimony of Christ honoring to humanity and the creative world. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think um, kind of as we head towards a close, I was, uh, you know, I think about the place that kind of comes from for us, there is this um, challenge inherent within this conversation. But also when we look at the story of Zacchaeus even, um, and as we talked about perhaps at the start of this conversation, that um, there's also this, the starting point in some way is recognizing the profound sense of manakitanga uh, that we receive from God uh, at the very core of who we are. Um, and that, you know, this is, this is what happened for Zacchaeus too. His, his own transformation comes out of this place of, of Jesus acting in this really radically accepting and embracing and affirming way. And so... Um, as we seek to engage in this kind of transformed action in the world, it's kind of connected to us also tuning into the way in which our own sense of identity and self is grounded already in this sense of um, manakitanga extended toward us, this gift that our identity is not something we have to scramble for or, or work for or build up, but is, but is given, is kind of bestowed by God, which means then, as we as we engage in our acts of manakitanga beyond ourselves, um, perhaps we're not doing that to sort of shore up our sense of identity. In which case, it becomes kind of flavoured with all of our anxieties, and and, you know, and maybe we can't avoid that entirely. I think it's not kind of an either or. It's not a binary thing where we've arrived at this perfect place of. of but I think there is an invitation there to think about kind of finding secure footing in that sense of. Of, of identity, um, of Christ's manakitanga extended to us also in the story, uh, that if we're mm. able to live out of that, does become, um, you know, a, a, a transformative place to stand. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think, you know, if we know we are born with that sense of mana, mm. then, and we believe that, and it um, defines us and our identity, then that's a great... Um, secure and grounded place to live from. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Clint. Great conversation. Yes, yes. Good conversation. Yeah. Very. Um, always inspired. Inspired talking about this topic. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful a beautiful um, way of looking at life and looking at relationship. Mm. I think it can also be even just as we, I know I'm going to do that classic uh, church thing where we say just as we come to a close and then carry on talking. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about even looking at our lives as they currently are 
and being able to look at all of the places where we already do this, you know, like mm. lest we feel like, oh, I'm this person who needs to suddenly embrace manakitanga. There's a lot of this that we actually do practice in our lives, but perhaps we don't see it or name it or call it that or recognize the value of it. Uh, and so even the process as well of, of being able to just reflect on our lives and, and the interconnections of our lives and where we intersect with different people and, and with the earth as well uh, and how we are already, I'm sure all of us already, engaged in, in the giving of or in the extending of manakitanga in various spaces in our lives. Um, being able yeah. to kind of see that and note that and observe that and value that already and that in itself becoming an encouragement to continue leaning into those spaces. And maybe those things that we're already doing, we're able to say, okay, well, rather than like adding another thing, what if I was to able, able to both see more value and then actually add more value into those things that I'm, more intentionality into those things that I'm, that I'm already doing, uh, those connections that I'm already a part of. Couldn't agree more, Michael. Oh well, Just, wonderful. Yeah. Well, let's awesome. let's uh, yeah. finish our conversation with you agreeing with me. That sounds good. <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fantastic. I think when you what you identify um, often brings more energy mm. to it, mm. um, and I think that's awesome. You know, um, so yeah, it's rather than worrying about what we're not doing, look at what we are doing, um, and may that inspire and bring energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's an, it's invigorating actually to mm. to realize what you're already doing rather than to start from a place of kind of feeling like you're at ground zero. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's good. Okay. Thank you, Clint. Oh, awesome.